Hello and welcome to our viewers on CruxInvestor.com and also to our listeners on CruxCast, our podcast series. And for those of you new to Crux Investor, please click the button in the corner of the screen to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're going to be talking to Ewan Downey, he's the CEO of Premier Gold Mines. He's going to give us an introduction to his company and discuss a number of other topics which you can see in the description below. Click timestamp and you'll be able to go directly to that point in the video. Hi Ewan, how are you? I'm doing great, thanks. How about yourself? Fantastic. Yeah, not, not too bad. It's been, uh, feels like a long week already and it's Tuesday. So uh, um, thanks very much for taking the time out. I know we've been trying to talk for a while, um, so you know, really appreciate this. Um, we always get people to start off with a sort of two-minute summary of the business, then we kind of get stuck into you know, a few meaningful questions after that. So if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, Premier Gold Mines is an exploration, development and uh, producing company. A company that's been around for just over a decade and has been one of the few mining companies who's made the transition from explorer to producer. And uh, currently we have two operating mines and several near development or development stage projects within our uh, extensive portfolio of properties. Okay, thanks for that. Um, well, I, we'll talk about strategy in a, in a second, but the, I think the obvious observation I had when sort of going through the material was um, that you look like deal makers as well as miners. You've put together some packages, you've done some joint ventures, you've got some big names involved, Barrack. Um, tell us a little bit about you and the team and you know, perhaps that might explain that, that uh, you know, the deal maker slash miner perception that I have of you. Okay, well, uh, Premier started as, a, as I mentioned earlier as an exploration company. And as an explorer and a lot of the team that we started the company with were, were essentially geologists, et cetera. And as a geological group and an exploration company, we are a team that recognized that very few projects actually go from being a concept exploration uh, effort to full production. In fact, probably more than 99% of mineral properties don't become mined. So, by having multiple projects gives us more options, so to speak. And we've always uh, been a company that that thinks that uh, that has a model that don't always think that think that what we have is the best. There could be something better, and if we find something that's as good or better than our current portfolio, we should own it. And so we've always been uh, open to trading up, so to speak, if we found the right opportunities. That's, that's Can you just, again, because this is for an audience perhaps haven't uh, come across Premier Gold. I know you're a big company, 400 million market cap now, um, and you're a producer, but there's an audience over here who's not perhaps as aware of Premier Gold as you know, a lot of the North American folks. So can you sort of explain that, that process that you've been through in terms of where did you start, which assets did you start with, and talk about some of these joint ventures um, that you've uh, managed to uh, deliver? Um, yeah, we started uh, in 2006. We were spun out of a company I founded in the late 1990s called Wolfden. So at the time, Premier was a free share to our shareholders. We started in the Red Lake camp, uh, one of the most prolific high-grade gold camps I think you'll find anywhere in the world. And we established a fairly strategic 
land position in amongst the two producers, which at the time were Goldcorp and Placer Dome. And we started there, but realized at some point that to grow our company, we couldn't just sit around and wait for Goldcorp to do something for, uh, with us. So we uh, identified the Hard Rock project, our Greenstone Gold joint venture now with Sentara, as a potential acquisition candidate that could host a significant open pit deposit. And uh, luckily, we were very successful at delineating that open pit deposit. And between open pit and underground, that project is now uh, 9 million ounces. But it, it's expected to be a large open pit. Uh, it's in full permitting right now. And the market hasn't been at its highest in the last several years. And we recognize that to build a project of, of its scale, that it would be a very tough task for a company our side to go alone. And so we set out looking for a partner and we're, um, uh, we're able to secure Sentara Gold as our partner who are solely funding that project. And they paid us a cash payment. And with that cash payment, when they came in, we continued to identify other opportunities and our two producing projects uh, the South Arturo in Nevada and Mercedes in Mexico were acquired uh, with or partially with the funds that we received from Sentara as they came in. So we've been able to, I, I'd say, uh, make some strategic acquisitions to grow our business with that joint venture. That's really interesting. I mean, that that's fascinating. So you've you've kind of sort of leapfrog leapfrog the process to getting to be a producer using cash from an exploration asset which you've developed through with someone else's money it enabled yourself to uh, take their cash and buy producing assets which perhaps didn't meet their profile but were good enough for you to kind of start but but you know you're not you're not quite at the hundred thousand mark you're you're kind of where, where how many ounces are you producing at the moment uh, this year will be under under a hundred and probably in the range of 80 85 thousand ounces uh, 85 to 90 or 80 to 90,000 ounces this year. Right. Uh, mainly because the South Arturo project in Nevada, we depleted our first pit and we're now constructing a second pit and an underground from the bottom of our first mining pit. So uh, the South Arturo mine is going through a bit of a, um, a re rebirth stage with two new, two, two new mines being constructed as we speak. Right. Okay. And and just just in terms of just finishing off this conversation around the assets. So you've also got four exploration assets at presumably various stages of development and funding. Um, but you're kind of you're, you're filling the hopper, as it were. Yes, we've we we take the view that we're not looking out just for next month. What are we going to do next month or next quarter? We recognize that if we're going to build a successful long-term mining company. We, you can't do it on one asset. Unfortunately, mining is a, a depleting commodity industry. Yeah. And if you don't replace reserves or buy or find additional reserves at other projects, ultimately you won't be a producer anymore. So we're always looking out for what will be the next project that we may be able to incubate to become a, our next production center for the company. And currently we're permitting two projects that we hope will go into development over the next couple of years. Right. Well, this comes on nicely into the bit I want. I'm really interested in, which is the strategy. We, I've got a sort of sense of the mentality in terms of uh, you know the way you go about doing business, and it seems you know there's some uh, 
like I say, there's some deal-making acumen there, but I want to talk about the strategy now, which is, you know, with, with these exploration assets, presumably you're going to follow a very similar model to that you've already employed successfully with, with Greenstone, for instance. Is, it, is that true to say? Uh, yes, we're, we're quite open to developing our own deposits. In fact, later this year, we expect to start development of our Cove property, one of our high-grade projects in Nevada, and that will be the first project that we initiate the development on our own and build. Mercedes, our producing mine, was acquired from Yamana. It was already operating. And our South Arturo project, where the two mines are under construction, is operated by our partner, Barrick. Right. So they're, you know, we are participating in the construction, but we're not actually doing it. So we're, our strategy is to continue to grow uh, our portfolio such that we continue to hopefully uh, maintain a steady production profile in the future and steady cash flow so that uh, ultimately we can give back to shareholders. Right. Well, that's an interesting point, you know, because if I look at your share price, you know, you have been as high as five bucks, you know, back in July of 2016 and you're around circa two bucks today and you you know it's it's been a sort of bumpy bumpy ride um do you think that where at which points do you think the market investors have given you credit for your strategy you know obviously the the greenstone project or getting barrack involved or you know finding new exploration assets I mean, what do you think they're they're rewarding you for or is it you know all of the above I think right now we're we're being somewhat penalized for being in the development stage. We're in that, uh, even though we do have the one producing asset and some gold being still produced from stockpiles at South Arturo, given that you mentioned back in 16, we're up at uh, $5. That was when South Arturo was in full swing. So we had the two mines uh, operating. We generated a, a huge amounts of cash flow in that year in 2000. 17, I think Premier was one of the top performing gold stocks on all of the TSX. But then that uh, phase two open pit, as we called it, at South Arturo was depleted. And since then, we've been processing some lower grade stockpiles, but our production profile dipped as we've been constructing the two new mines. And this, at the end of this year, we expect the underground to come online. And I'd like to think then we start to get rewarded for our future uh, production growth. Uh, however, right now, I think we're being somewhat penalized because we're in that development stage. And in that period, you're spending a lot more cash than you're making. Well, that, that's, that's true. And so if you look back to that period, I mean, what are the kind of key learnings, be the key, key takeaways there? You know, I know mining is cyclical. Commodity prices are cyclical. Um, there are ups and downs and it's a tough business. I you know, understand that. But what would you have done differently if looking back to those, that period? I don't think we would, have, uh, we would have done anything really differently. There's maybe an acquisition or two we looked at that we passed on that turned out better than we thought. So right. you look at those opportunities. We always had an internal mentality that we're going to see this production gap and uh, what we called it was we need to fill that gap. And we were looking for producing or near producing opportunities that would have smoothed out our production profile. But all of the assets we looked at either sold for significantly more than we were willing to pay 
or were subpar and we viewed them as being really not profitable or not really economic. So I think we made a lot of good decisions on what we passed on, but there's maybe one or two that we did pass on that turned out to be better than we, we expected. So um, really, I, I think we wouldn't have done anything really differently. Just the only thing I wish is that we would have been more successful in finding something to bridge that gap. And right. what we see now is the gap is closing. So we, we should outperform, in my view, going forward. Okay. Okay. I'll take that. So if I look at your share price, it's 400 million bucks. You've about 100 of that in the last month or so with the with the price of gold going up. That's obviously everyone, a very welcome addition to the mix for everyone in the gold space at the moment. Um, what are you going to do during that period? I mean, do you need money? Do you need to go and raise cash? Do you? It depends what your plans are. I mean, what, what have you told the market? What are you thinking? Uh, well, we're, we ended the, uh, the last quarter with about approximately 45 million in cash. So we're in, we were in great financial shape. Uh, during the first half of the year, we secured a credit facility for an additional 50 million US, which uh, provides us with the ability to fully fund the building of the phase one and El Nino underground mines uh, at South Arturo mm -hmm. and begin the advanced stage development at Cole. So currently for these projects, the, the near term uh, expectations we have for cash outflow, we're well funded to, to do those. Uh, that will mean drawing from our facility. However, uh, Hard Rock, our, uh, the Greenstone Gold Joint Venture, if we do make a production decision for that project, even though we have um, joint ventured half and we're currently being free carried, ultimately, once it goes into construction, we will have to contribute. And sometime in the future, we will uh, look to different means on how we would finance that project. However, at present, we haven't made a decision whether to go ahead with that property and don't expect to do so until late this year or early next year. Even with the gold price rising? I mean, well, tell us, what's your expectation of, of, of the gold price? I guess if I'd asked you two months ago, it'd be a very different answer, right? So what now what are your thoughts on that? Because that's got to affect the timing of when you or even considering raising capital because it's going to be cheap money now because if you expect if the price drops again, money gets more expensive. Your decision-making gets harder. Uh, well, our assets, I, I believe that we've assembled a, a, a number of assets that would be on the, the lower side on the production cost scale. So we should generate good cash no matter where the price of gold goes. I've, I've um, I guess, uh, over the last four or five, six years, we've seen gold test the 1350 several times and not break it. So after several attempts, you, you sometimes you lose a bit of your your uh, gung ho. Uh, that, I don't know. Maybe to work. <coughs> I, think, I think maybe maybe that's a wise stance to take. Um, certainly, but but on that, you say you know whatever the price is, you'll make money. You know, if I look at Mercedes, you're looking, you're indicating ASIC of. 900, 950, is that what you're going to be expecting at South Arturo as well, or is that a different price I'd, I'd point? I'd expect South Arturo will be a lower cost operation. Right. The, the phase two pit, uh, the all-in sustaining cost when it was in production was less than $400 an ounce, wow. so very high margin 
ounces. I, we're not expecting phase one in El Nino to be quite as low cost, but we expect them to be quite low cost. Mercedes this year, last year and this year, continue to be transition years as we uh, are developing several new deposits. However, the new deposits that we uh, developed, the largest of those, Deluvio, is one of our lower grade deposits. It has a bit better widths, but lower grade. And we're currently drilling off Marianas, which is our higher grade uh, and what we, what we anticipate to be our higher grade zone at Mercedes. But we won't see the benefits of, of Marianas until late this year, early next year. And then we should see the, uh, the hopefully the ounces grow slightly because of the influence of higher grade material. And with that, we'd hope the cost to come down. But Mercedes is a moderate grade a moderate cost operation and uh, we are optimistic with Marianas will will be able to improve on the operations starting next year and we continue to focus on exploration with the hopes of identifying uh, new higher grade deposits than the current operation. Right so I guess that gives me a sense of what the management team's focused on the hot topics in your monthly meetings that you're that you're discussing you're you want to kind of make sure it's a much sort of smoother ride going forward with um, South Autora coming on board. You expect, obviously, one, start to be cash flowing from that. Two, you've got cash reserves, 45 plus a facility of, I think you said 50, something like that. You, you feel that you've got enough in the armory to kind of move the exploration assets, which have possibly got the biggest chance of shareholder enhancement um is 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 that is that the way your mind's working or are the things which you know keep more than that that's keeping you awake at night and if so what are they i guess right now it's um with the new uh barrack newmont joint venture in nevada we once that's consummated and i believe it was just announced yesterday that the deal has been has been consummated now Barrick, who's the operator, will have to look at all of their operations and how are they going to fill the mill at all of those facilities and what deposits are going to go where. So there's still, we haven't provided, I would say, very good guidance in terms of the future at South Arturo, even though we're constructing two new mines, because of that, uh, a bit of the unknown that's coming with this joint venture. However, um, we are building two new mines because we expect them to be good, good new mines. And, um, and so that's going to be a big part of our future uh, this year is seeing those new operations come online. Um, for Hard Rock, part of our the main deposit at Greenstone, our feasibility study was completed in 2016. And a and substantial amount of work has been completed since then, including several drill campaigns and we are expecting in the second half of this year a number of catalysts to come out of Hard Rock because of what we've been doing over the past uh, two or three years at that property. And then lastly, we are um, we're going to be drilling at a property where, that we're acquiring from Barrick called Rye in Nevada that we're quite optimistic is going to return some, some really good, maybe some of that sex appeal type thing you were talking about for shareholders hey what's the the next new thing more than maybe we have production coming well it's exactly because you know if i look in if i look in chat rooms and forums and online platforms people aren't talking about you very much there's not a lot of conversation not a lot of chatter you know and what there is is 
not a lot of not not a lot of new information. Um, and I just wondered what you were going to be doing to talk. I guess talking to people like me to uh, start. But you know, what was the plan here in terms of explaining what is? There's a lot of moving parts, and it trying to break that down for investors to help them understand where the upside is going to come from. Because you know, you mentioned the word catalyst a second ago. A lot of the regular catalysts that you and I have been used to over the past, you know, 10, 15 years weren't working last year. Why are they going to work now? Uh, well, I, I think one thing uh, we're trying to simplify our story. It's, as you said, it's there's a lot of moving parts. Uh, some people may get a little confused of where is this company going and how is it trying to achieve. And and I, I kind of liken ourselves to what Agnico Eagle was years ago. They grew several projects to become a go from being a, a small penny stock to a major producer and to do that they had they went through their trials and tribulations over the years and built out operations and we're trying not to have any anything that really we're trying to smooth out our growth profile going forward rather than try to see the spikiness that you might see as an explorer. Everybody's excited about your exploration. You're on the chat rooms, but ultimately, if nobody buys you, then reality sets in. And well, how much money do you need to build that, et cetera, et cetera? So you go that rise up in exploration, then development, and then when you get into mining and hopefully profitable mining, then you should actually see your highest growth in your share price through that initiative. So we try to be uh, somewhat. Um, uh, humble and steady on how we deliver news. Obviously, if we make a major discovery somewhere, we'll talk about it. Uh, uh, but our main thrust is saying we have the one operating mine, two in construction, with one coming online later this year, the other one in 2020, and two additional projects in full permitting for future development. So in terms of long-term production growth, I think there's very few companies so who offer the opportunity that Premier does. Okay, so you, you you think that all things being equal, the assets that you've got will allow you to deliver meaningful growth over the next couple of years. That that's the message to investors, retail, and and, and institutional. Um, tell me, how do you balance? Worrying about the share price because that's got to be a key driver for you because that because that, that you know that's that's the monthly phone call with the big institutional guys. What's happening? What's happening? And running the business. I mean, how, how do you manage that? What's more important to you? Um, well, we have some fairly large shareholders. We have several in the five to twelve percent range. So we've got some long-term, steady shareholders. Uh, keeping those shareholders informed of what we're doing and how developments are is, is very important. We don't want to lose our biggest shareholders, but we do spend a lot of time on the road marketing to new institutions, new uh, retail groups. We're trying uh, more and more to get retail interest in our stock, given uh, so many institutions have essentially closed the doors over the last few years mm -hmm. uh, that we've lost. I think we're a bit more of an institutional stock uh, historically because of our, our growth profile and production rather than just being out there um, screaming about expiration results. We, we kind of tuck the expiration behind the production growth right now. And uh, so just trying to 
simplify the story instead of telling a story, eight different stories in a presentation, trying to make it maybe a bit more uh, like Barrick and Newmont are doing in Nevada, making Nevada a mine rather than talk about Turquoise Ridge and Gold Strike and yeah. Leeville individually. So we're trying to sort of package up our projects so that Nevada is our is a production center growth center for us. Ontario is separate and then Mexico. So really dumbing it down to three stories rather than eight stories. Yeah, I think that would be interesting. It'd be interesting to see how you do that because that, you know, I think right right now when I was researching this that, that it just felt like there's a lot of moving parts and mapping it out was was um, you know, it was, it was more difficult than I think it perhaps needed to be. But what I did like to say was the team's attitude to building and going and get, I mean, how do you go and get Barrack involved in a conversation with you? I mean, you think of when, when that happened, you were a bunch of small, you know, small company. How do you do it? Yeah, we, uh, we identified and we really formed our relationship with uh, some of the people who were at Barrack through the Greenstone or the Hard Rock acquisition. Mm-hmm. Back in 2008, more than uh, 10 years ago, um, we spent a lot of time approaching Barrick over and over. Uh, uh, I'd I say very persistently, we right. pestered them until right. they sold us a project in yep. uh, not too far from our head office here in northwestern Ontario. Right. And so we got to know some of the people there um, and then formulated an even stronger relationship with Barrick when we acquired Gold Corp's interest in South Arturo and funded the building of a mine with Barrick. Uh, I think it, to Barrick, started to give us some credibility. And since then, we've done a joint venture with them at our McCoy Cove, mm. uh, the property surrounding our Cove deposit. And yeah. we're acquiring the Rye project from Barrick, uh, subject to a back end. So right now, we have essentially four projects that we're uh, yeah. moving forward, some sort of relationship. But it, it grew from a, an early. I guess, uh, early acquisition 10 years ago. And you t- often, what we've made an effort to do is stay in touch with these people who we've worked with because you never know what future opportunities may come out of these major uh, producers going forward. Yeah, you never know indeed, but it's, it's a very reassuring name to have there. And I guess, you know, obviously with their merger recently, there may be more spin- spin-offs to be had. Um, if you're, um, if you, if you know, if they open the door to you. So, um, you know, I've I've really enjoyed that as a as a first run through um, your company, and you know it was a, it was a pleasure talking to you and sort of understanding a little bit about the thinking, the mentality here, uh, and I very much looking forward to seeing how South Arturo develops and Greenstone because that that sounds key to the growth component of what you're doing. Um, so thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having me on, and hope, hopefully we can talk again in the near future. Thank you very much for watching our video. We do aim to give you informed and intelligent information with which to make your investment decisions. So if you liked what you just saw, please give us a thumbs up. And if you wanna see more insightful, in-depth, honest and unbiased interviews, then please click the subscribe button. So thanks again for watching and we look forward to seeing you again soon.